Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to Wood Talk Online Radio. For woodworkers, by woodworkers. Now, here are three guys who are actually under the illusion that woodworking is cool. Mark, Matt, and Shannon. Oh yeah, it's episode 112 for December 5th, 2012. And before we get to all the good stuff here, uh, let's have a quick word from our sponsors. Oh, you know what? Let's not. Hold on a second. (laughs) You know what? I wonder why it changed the order of that. I was like, normally what we do is uh, delay that so that the music ends. Like it just did. And then I say, on today's show, we're talking about the trouble with buying tools, using scraper planes, and laminating solid wood for stability. But before we get to that, let's have a word from our sponsors. See, that's how it's supposed to go. <laughs> Got to school you guys on this. You're screwing me that up. That was smooth. Thanks, thanks. I'll, get, I'll just get better with age, Shannon. <laughs> All right, here's, here's that word from our sponsor. This episode of Wood Talk is supported by Axe Toolworks. What did Doc Holliday, Wyatt Earp, and Jim Bowie all have in common? They were real bad axes, just like Shaka Zulu, Captain America, and Darth Vader. Throw down with Bad Axe on your side, you won't regret it. Visit BadAxeToolworks.com for more information. And by... Benchcrafted is workholding for serious woodworkers. Remember what Chris Schwartz says... Benchcrafted makes the three best woodworking voices I've ever used. And just to be clear, Benchcrafted only makes three voices... Visit Benchcrafted.com for more information. Benchcrafted only makes devices. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what? While we got that part of the way, let me go ahead and do the comment or the the contact information for everybody so we can get this nice smooth transition in here, (laughs) unlike somebody else. Um, for once, actually. But anyways, if you have comments, questions, topic suggestions, perhaps, you have several different ways to contact us. Leave a voicemail on our Skype, which our username is Wood Talk Online. Call our voicemail line at 623-242-5180. Email us at woodtalkonline at gmail.com. Leave us a comment on our Wood Talk Facebook Facebook page. Oh, my gosh. See, smooth just right out the window. <laughs> That's all you uh, Anyway, so over at the Facebook page where so many of you have been liking us, and we really, really appreciate that. And if you're looking for the show notes or downloads from today's show or any of the previous episodes, don't forget you can find those at woodtalkshow.com. And, of course, as always, uh, there is the forum, too, woodtalkonline.com forum, if you want to head over there and visit that and maybe look for one or all of us. Uh, but other than that, 
I'm going to really destroy this smooth transition. <laughs> should we we should probably mention that there's people can also find us on Google Plus, seeing as you, Matt, usually post on Google Plus. True, true. And that, there's always something going on over there. So That is very, very true. Yes, it, 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 it's, a, it's a fun little location where I just love to repeat and do copy and paste from everywhere else. <laughs> yeah, we do not have a page there yet because no one has lost that bet between the three of us. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> I think who has to go build it. I think we do. I don't know that it's... Hold on, let me go look. You guys talk amongst yourselves. I'm going to look. Talk amongst yourselves. Well, actually, now that we have a moment here, I felt really kind of funny doing that transition talking about the uh, leave a voicemail on Skype. How would you say that? Would you say Skype us? Our Skype name is... That's how I I would say it. Yeah, I mean... I, I suddenly felt like Betty White, you know, and doing the whole, I'm on the Facebook and the Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's uh, I would say Skype, uh, you know, like a verb. Okay, I'm going I'm to try yeah. that next time. Maybe I need to rewrite that part. Yeah. Darn it. And I, I could have sworn we did something. I got to look because I know we have a Wood Talk, um, you know, Gmail account. So I just have to activate it as a uh, plus account. But what, whatever, enough. There's enough <laughs> ways to get in touch with us. <laughs> Shoot, I will give you our phone numbers if you really want them. I think we're going to rename this episode the Tangenti episode because let's we haven't do done that in a long time, and we definitely have headed off into a tangent. <laughs> yeah, we have. But let's uh, let's get back on track. Shannon, what's on your bench? Well, I am actually building a vice right now, um, which is kind of outside my norm because I'm normally not much of a tool-building kind of guy. I usually just buy them because mm-hmm. <laughs> I like <laughs> to build furniture. But I decided to add a vice to this toolbox I'm building. So I've been spending a lot of time over at McMaster Car, which I love that site. It's all kinds of cool things that I don't know what I would do with, but I feel like I need to have them. Oh, so I love that, those places. That's fun. And and they send like all kinds of like their their shipping department just blows me away. You order something, it shows up the next day in this enormous box with one little bolt in it. <laughs> Very efficient. And, and like seven pounds of that like uh, neutral air, like little puffball things to keep stuff from from uh, being damaged in shipment. It's like it's a stainless steel bolt. What's gonna damage it? <laughs> nice. So and then um, the the one other thing I'll mention, I'm actually gonna be embarking on a new project soon. I don't really know what to call it other than than a beginning table. I was um, uh, befriended by someone on Facebook who's over in Germany, and this is a guy that something about his just incredible enthusiasm. You know, the guys that just get into woodworking, and we, we've all been there, and all you can do is think about woodworking all day long. And this guy, his, his, his enthusiasm is so contagious, and he's got this table he wants to build, and he has absolutely nothing, like no tools whatsoever. Bummer. And I just thought, you know what? I'll help you build that. So I thought that would be kind of a cool podcast series to do, starting from nothing. What tools do you buy? Because, you know, many of us are always just saying, you know, the, the best thing to figure out is the project you want to build first and sure. then buy tools according to that. But okay, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is and let's actually do that. So I don't exactly know when I'm going to get started on this. I'm hoping before Christmas, but um, I don't know. I'm kind of excited about it. I think it should be fun. Sounds good, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, good on you for helping someone out too, because we're going to talk about this a little bit later dealing with uh, how you choose what tools you use and how difficult that can sometimes be. So that is one of the strategies, certainly, to to take yeah. a project and start building. That is, yeah, because yeah, that, is, that is such a quagmire to get into. I mean, whenever that question comes in, giggity, I know he's just going to go, oh, I'm going to oh, refer you to fun. Mark Spagnuolo or Shannon. <laughs> there you go. Well, Matt, what do you have on your bench? 
Well, the big thing for me is I, I, I've been working on these uh, bedside tables for Samantha and I because we're trying to get rid of the college furniture. At least that's what I call it. Mm-hmm. And the other day I was uh, filming some stuff and I wanted to show how I cut a half blind dovetail because I'm for the top rails on the legs. I'm or the top rails are going to attach to the legs via half blind dovetails. I'm just going to pop those in. And the thing is, I don't know. You ever do this? You're like, you know, I had this tried and true method <laughs> for whatever joiner I'm going to do. And I suddenly decided at the last second. Nah, I'm going to do something I have never done before or something somebody maybe suggested, but I really didn't pay close attention to. Let's do that. And so I ended up trying something that uh, at the end of it, I'm thinking, this is the worst decision I ever made. <laughs> I don't know why I went this route. And, but I was very good. I did, there was no extreme swearing in the house. It was none of this other stuff. I, was man- I managed to actually salvage uh, the, the joinery, and it turned out perfectly fine. It's just that it took me like two, three, maybe four times the length of time it normally would take me to do that same exact thing with just like a dovetail saw and a, a chisel or two. <laughs> So it's one of those learning lessons where you're like, it's important to try new things, but sometimes don't. (laughs) I thought the reason I was laughing in the middle of you talking was I thought you were going to say, so you know how you go to to cut some half blind dovetails and right in the middle you realize I have no idea how to cut half blind dovetails. (laughs) (laughs) I want these to be fully blind. (laughs) I hate Uh, when that happens. (laughs) Yeah, No, I've done that one too, though, where like right in the middle of it, I'm suddenly like, oh my God, I've never... I don't even think I pronounced that right. This isn't even close to what I want to do. I talk about this technique all the time. I should know how to do it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, but that was that was my big thing. And, and the the nice the most recent video I put out shows the technique that I have never tried before and that I really shouldn't have tried. And just to make up for it, because I don't want people thinking that's what I normally do and then start questioning anything that I'm building because it's bad enough right now as it is. I'm going to be releasing another video that says, you know, that thing I did earlier, ignore it, take it out of your (laughs) mind. Don't even watch it from that point forward. Nice. Do as I say, not as I do. Exactly. Now. Yeah. I suddenly, it it does remind me of many a conversation with my children. (laughs) Very good. Nice. So that, that's it for me. How about you, Mark? You making a little progress on this bed? A little bit. I, I get to the point where, you know, when you're filming this stuff, a lot of times you, you sort of get that momentum going and then you have to stop to actually uh, do the editing portion of everything, which just slows you down. So I did finish the, the footboard, but that was also the end of a filming sequence. So now I've been doing nothing but editing. Um, what I actually did recently was really getting to know SketchUp a little bit better because I'm trying to design this thing in SketchUp, which I do for every project, but it's one thing to do this myself. It's a whole nother thing if you promise to teach people how to do it. So uh-huh. part of this, uh, part of my goal here was to show people how I use SketchUp to create the things that I create. Now, I, I'm not by any means a, a SketchUp pro at this. I certainly, I, I'm no, like I like to say, I'm no Aaron Marshall or uh, Bob Lang for that matter. Uh, it's it's something that I use. It's a tool like any other tool. It's a, it's a pencil and paper to me. So I don't necessarily need to be like super SketchUp guy, but I need to just get a, a number of basic things done. So I wanted to show people how I do that exact process. And it turned out to be like a 50-minute tutorial video showing how to build this platform bed from the ground up and then also modify it. So I spent a lot of time doing screen caps at the computer and, and voiceovers all week. So that, that's Ooh, been fun. Yeah, that's been uh, what's, what's been keeping me busy. Um, but yeah. it, was, it was kind of fun because it made me review some of the, the basic techniques and having to explain explain why I do things and in the process possibly discovering better ways to do those because that's that's really what I always find in SketchUp like I might know how to get something done 
But then I talk to someone who knows what they're doing and I go, ah, oh, crap, all I had to do was that and I could have accomplished the same <laughs> right. thing. Yeah. You know? So, so you're it's one it, of those it, things that you kind of pick it up as you're playing with it too and you yeah. start to develop your own best practices. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, and, I, whenever I sit down, I always start thinking, I'm like, all right, if I was Aaron Marshall, how would I do this? Wait, <laughs> okay, I'm going to start, I'm going to, I'm going to channel Aaron. Wow, Aaron is really bad at this. What is wrong with him? <laughs> I thought he was good at that. What the hell? Yeah, um, I also will say Bob Lang's stuff on this, SketchUp Guide for Woodworkers, or Woodworker's Guide to SketchUp, something like that, uh, that he has. It's like a PDF with videos and everything. That's absolutely fantastic. Yep. Yeah. In fact, actually, the last time I used SketchUp, the last few times I have, I'll have one window open with SketchUp, and I'll actually have Bob's book open on the other one, yeah, and I'll be yeah. like, I want to wait, hold it, click, 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 search. Okay, that's what I want. Do that. <laughs> yeah. Here's the weird. See, that's what I need to learn how to do because I went through a whole weekend. I spent like a two to three day sort of marathon session of going through his entire book step by step with him, learning all the tutorials. When I was done, I was like a SketchUp ninja for the weekend. Yes. And then a week later, I was Mark again. Yeah, you're you're yeah. not even sure what where the chapter is. You're like, I know yeah, there was a chapter yeah. on how to switch tools. But. So so it's like I didn't retain maybe, I don't know, 5% of what I learned in there, but that's the way you have to do it. Unless you do this stuff constantly, you just, you just kind of don't retain it. You have to keep using those skills. So I sort of rely on this basic skill set, which gets me pretty far, but certainly not as far as I could be. Um, so that's what I've been doing. Not, cool. not nice. terribly exciting, but... All right, so moving on to the around the web portion, got me a little link here from my friend Tom Buell, and he, I guess this is a lumber company that put this up, but it's a uh, great video showing how lumber was harvested in Belize, and it's uh, just this amazing mahogany that's been dredged up and, and pulled out, and people are using it to make projects, and at the very end of the video, you see some of the projects by uh, folks like Glenn Huey and Tom Buell himself, uh, some of their projects that they used that wood to create. Absolutely fun video to watch. Some of it is a little bit like the comments that I got on it range from, oh, that's just amazing to almost uh, sorrow for watching, you know, sort of forest mismanagement in action, you oh, know, okay. like one of those things. So, so it's, it might evoke a different emotion depending on your background and, and your perspective on these things. Uh, but it is a pretty good video. That that is sweet. That's things like that where you actually do kind of see these things. I, I I really love them, but at the same time, I feel I have that moment of guilt where I'm like, oh, I shouldn't like this because of this reason. But <laughs> I do. But boy, do I want one of those boards. <laughs> yeah, <know>? exactly. <laughs> totally. All right, Matt. Sweet. All right, the, uh, I have something here. I posted this the other day, and this is thanks to our friends over at Microjig. They had this in their newsletter. It's called. Uh, it's a video called Love Letter to Plywood, and it's by a uh, a gentleman, Tom Sachs. This is more or less like kind of an artsy video mm-hmm. that's very kind of a hipsterish kind of a feel to it. There's a lot of those lately. You notice that? Yeah, yeah. And, it, and the funny thing is I'm watching this, and I'm like, oh, man, this would be kind of – I wonder if I could – get myself in this mindset to do a video like it. I'm sure the majority of my audience would be like, that's horrible. Don't do that. But then there's the other half that's like, that is sweet. And your stash is awesome too. <laughs> nice. So, but it, it's, it's a neat little one. And I totally forgot when I posted this to remind people that at the five minute, 41 second mark, there are some uh, woman's breasts that will pop up onto the screen. So anybody Hey-o! that hasn't seen it yet and you're sensitive to such things, um, you might want to look away just for a second. They're only, it's just like, boom, they're there and then they're gone. Why in a considering our audience though now they know exactly where to go. Why? What, why is that? Just fast forward to this point. Yeah. What was the minute number? <laughs> uh, Five forty-one and uh, ten seconds. Okay. Thanks, Matt. 
<laughs> so, but it, it, it's a really neat one just to watch. And it, it's kind of, it's it, the funny thing about it is, like I said, it's really kind of artsy, but there are those little tidbits that you kind of take out of it where you're like, aha, I could get better results with that. Oops. You know, I'm sitting and, here and watching the video, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there, like, there's that part. I just start speaking in tongues there. What the hell? Yeah, that was me, my bad. All right. <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time that I did actually on the show. <laughs> Um, but anyway, so check that video out if you get an opportunity. I think you'll you'll really like it. Another thing I just want to point out real quick, totally kind of different. Um, I received something the other day from Minwax, and they have a contest going on called the Do Good with Wood Award. And what this is is – I'm just going to read from their, their uh, submission. I know. I know. Coming right up after talking about breast the 5-minute, 41-second mark. We may need the explicit tag on today's show <laughs> at the rate we're going. But anyway, so this is an award program that's going out to virtually anyone who has been involved in a wood finishing project through DIY groups, craft hobby groups, school wood shop classic clubs. Basically, if you've done something with wood that may has may have benefited other people, uh, an organization or something, you can nominate yourself or someone in your community. It's open till December thirty one of this of this year, and uh, prizes that are going to be awarded. It's a $5,000 cash grant is the first prize, plus a supply of Minwax products at valued at $1,000 and consultation from leading wood finishing expert Bruce Johnson. And then they have a whole bunch of other prizes after that, including monthly prizes that are out. And again, anybody's you know open and available to, to nominate. If, if you feel that you've done something that is worth this nomination – Nominate yourself, and they say right there on the uh, webpage. So we'll have the link in there. I just thought that was pretty neat. And if one of our listeners was the big winner, um, I would like my uh, my cut. Isn't Bruce Johnson? Uh, I'm trying to think. Was didn't he have a show on like DIY years ago? That name yeah. does sound awful. That's familiar. who I was thinking of. He's the arts and crafts guy. I think he wrote a book about the Biltmore Estate. Yeah, I just remember him doing, uh, I don't know, it, was very, it seemed like it was a very short-lived series, but he was in a very small sort of basement-like shop and, and was a very quick woodworker, like one of those guys who just like driving nails real fast and he looks like he's <laughs> going to cut off his finger one day. <laughs> um, just waiting for it. <laughs> interesting. Oh, that's interesting because you see these something like that, especially, I don't know, what was it, like eight years ago, I think is when it was on. You see these people really quickly, but they're in this little show, but you don't really know what, what they do outside of that. And this guy I had no idea that he was that involved uh, in the community still. Yeah. In fact, I just went to a website that says uh, askbrucejohnson.com, and it looks like he's got a whole bunch of stuff on there cool. about – actually doing finishing the weekend refinisher is what actually came up on. This. I like so, that guy. I like that guy. I'm going to look yeah. him up now. Cool. Right yeah. So if you have finishing questions, start asking him. I'm going to do that. <laughs> All right. Shannon. Uh, let's see. Scott Meek. You guys remember Scott Meek. He was on the show a couple mm. weeks ago. Never making hand planes. He's going to now start teaching. Well, he's already teaching plane making face to face, but he's decided to give the online thing a try. So he's going to be doing plane making classes via a, a Google plus hangout. He's um, giving away the milk for free. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it, it's kind of cool. I want to say he's charging $75 for that. I don't remember offhand, but uh, we've got yep. a link that you can head over to his site and check it out. Looks like kind of, I, I just think it's a cool idea to use a uh, Google plus that way. So sure. Um, and why not? You know, he's doing this full time. So anything we can do to support him. Excellent. And then uh, Andrew Detloff over at Ravenheart Renditions podcast. He's doing a holiday giveaway. Nice. Uh, what is this? December 9th at 8 o'clock Central Time. He's got a bunch of swag and he's going to be giving it away, I think, live. Um, 
on his broadcast. I think he does that through Google Plus too. Hmm, cool. But I'm gonna have to. I'm, I'm gonna have to head over there and see if I can win a whole bunch of it because my swag's starting to get a little low. So if I win his swag, I can put my swag out there. Say, <laughs> so isn't he like down the street from you? Uh, right across the lake, actually. If I jumped on the ferry, um, I could be there in several hours. Right across the Great Lake. So <laughs> it's, it's not quite, not quite the same thing I was thinking. <laughs> nice. Yeah, there's definitely. If I had to drive, it would probably take longer, and I sure wouldn't feel like I'm going through the woods and over the river. Mm-hmm. Okay, just waiting for yeah. you to finish. did i mention the five minute 41 second mark (laughs) let me go back and watch that i gotta mute it though uh all right so that's about it for links let's move on to our poll of the week and and this week actually shannon has a poll of the week that he'd like to share with us i do poll of the week just today actually uh david falanowitz he uh took a lot of maple off my hands today at work and i greatly appreciated that because i haven't been moving much maple lately and he showed up and bought a Boatload of maple. Nice. So David Falanowitz is my poll of the week. Nicely done. Oh, I didn't David. know your 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 lumberyard was located on on a like a water body. Uh, well, actually, yeah, we are, but it's oh. a different that's a different thing altogether. <laughs> okay, it's called the Chesapeake Bay. It's it's over there. Now, did he show up on a barge? You said it was a boatload of of wood. Wah, wah. <laughs> so funny, Matt. So hey, funny. why are you guys muting? <laughs> Oops, we lost Matt. He's uh he's got some connection troubles there. Uh we'll we'll try to get him back later. Uh okay, so the real poll of the week this week by uh, our buddy Tom Ivino over at tomsworkbench.com. He asked the question, "What do you wear in the shop on your tootsies?" Uh workshop footwear. So, the typical range of answers uh that you would expect there, but 40% of people so far at the time that uh, I took these results said sneakers, which uh that's what I wear actually. Uh, 20% said boots or other sturdy shoes. 16% said whatever I'm wearing at the time. Uh, 12% said steel toe slip resistant footwear. Well, th- those guys are official. Wow. Uh, 5% actually said flip flops, which is great. Those are the guys who would work in the Caribbean. Uh, 4% said bunny slippers, which is cute. 2% haven't given it much thought. And 1% said barefoot. Not sure if I believe them though. It sounds like an exaggeration. Yikes. I didn't even want to think about those slivers down there. That just... Mm. Can you imagine barefoot? That would be crazy. I, my family will walk in barefoot and I'll just start yelling at them, but they're just used to that anyways. Um, the, you know, mine, I actually, I go back and forth between slippers and uh, Seriously? sneakers. You really yeah. wear slippers? Yeah, well, once in a while, I have those moments where I suddenly go, oh my God, the clamps! And I'll like jump out of bed and I'll <laughs> yeah, yeah, down yeah. there and you know, oh, I'll, yeah. I'll do stuff like that. Or it's just like, I... I I don't mean to actually go down there long term. Do you ever do this? Like, well, I don't know if you'll do this that much more, Mark. But like, you ever had that thing where, like, when it's connected to the house, you'll just go in the shop to get something, and then like an hour later, you're like, "Oh, I only came down here for this one thing." Whoops! <laughs> an, an hour later, I'm handsawing in socks. Yes, yeah, been there. Yeah. <laughs> what am I doing in my shop in my underwear? This is so weird. Yeah, yeah and then, then the wife comes. Knit down socks are bad. Up. The shavings stick to those things like mad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Let me tell you, and shavings stick to a, a mullet wig. Pretty bad, too. <laughs> and I can tell you that from experience. All right, moving on to some voicemails here. I've got one from Demented Woodworker, and that's his Twitter handle, I guess. I, I don't know what he says his name is because he got a little bit of an accent, so I didn't understand it. Maybe you guys can tell me afterwards, but he's just kind of saying hi, sort of. Uh, let me play it. Hi, guys. My name is Ernesto Segovia. I'm also Demented Woodworker at, on Twitter, and I like to share, share I like your programs a lot, especially the Woodworker, the... Matt's Workshop and the Renaissance Footworker, and also just 
Sean aside, for those who think it's a challenge, I got my shop going right now on my living room and working forward as to making kind of like a, mm. well, Mark, you know, Spanish, uh, fachada for all the tools so that when you come into my house, you think it's just furniture. Anyhow, guys, have a great day. I enjoy your programs and keep this going. Love it a lot. Bye. By the way, my wife hates you all. <laughs> how great is that right and, and um you know for the record i know that sounds like, like a show bumper from now on <laughs> you want me to, want me to uh, just grab that real quick <laughs> my wife hates you guys um you know just for the record i know nothing of spanish i was gonna say when did you learn spanish <laughs> i i took spanish in college and i barely and left it in college <laughs> barely got through it my friends i know very little I'm, spanish Olo is italian uh, yeah. So, so, but thank you for thinking that I'm bilingual. That's great. Uh, yeah. That great, awesome. great voicemail. Yeah. Maybe we should, I'll chop that up and take that as a little, uh, a little thing to use on the show. Okay. So, uh, and, and you know what the other cool thing is he's got a, he, he, the whole gist of that is, you know, you're talking about starting over from uh, scratch or, or starting at the very beginning. Here's a guy who's got his shop basically in his living room. I and mean, I've talked to people who use a spare bedroom in an apartment to do their woodworking and put the fold away workbench under their bed. You know, so there are people who are just determined to get into this craft and they do what they got to do. It's pretty cool. Absolutely. Sounds like a John Madden commentary. Here's a guy who woodworks in his living room. <laughs> yep. Just like it. All right. Stuart emailed or voicemailed us. He Skyped us, Matt. And oh, he, he Skyped us. Yes. Okay. I'm going to write that down. Showing for the you next proper, time. proper usage. He Skyped us and left Skyped. a message. Skyped. Yeah, hello. Uh, this is uh, Stuart um, calling from Georgia. Um, love your show, guys. And um, I basically, um, I built a workbench. It's uh, about 20, 24 inches wide by 60 inches long. And I want to put a, uh, a bench vise in there. I got Rockler and uh, PC Woodworking by me, but I was looking at the Veritas. Have any recommendations for me? Um, keep up the good work. Love the show. And thanks. Bye. Almost sounds like he's calling from Georgia by way of Boston, maybe. <laughs> That's what I was wondering. A Boston-y accent. Um, all right. So he's asking about the Veritas Vice. Now, do we know specifically which one he's talking about? They don't have many, but they do have more than one. Right. That's what I was wondering if it was the maybe the quick release front vice or there's the, uh, the quick release screw? sliding. There's a twin, twin screw. screw. Oh, there's the twin screw. There's so, a tail vice now too, don't they? Yep. Yeah. Well, the but, bottom line is uh, they make good stuff. So if you find a vice that fits your particular like work habits, I don't think you can go wrong with the Veritas stuff because it is high quality. You know, so you got that going for you. But uh, I mean, what do you guys think? It's kind of a, a very general question. Well, um, I, it, it's so tough because I mean, what what is what kind of work is he going to do? Yeah. You know, um, I, I did a, a lesson on this in the hand tool school. Actually, it was more of a rant than a lesson. But it's just, you, you know, you need to kind of think about your next couple of projects. What will you use a vice for? Um, I even say this when you're going to build a workbench because this, you know, workbench is how should I build it? What style should I build? Should it be a split top, single top, have a leg vice? legs flush, all that. I mean, you can go on and on and on and on forever. And you really need to kind of sit down and think about what am I going to do on this? A leg vice, frankly, is my favorite vice. But 
I, I saw all my tenons by hand, you know, I do a lot of edge planing. Um, <clears throat> it's just, it's fantastic for just about anything I need to throw at it. If you're going to do a lot of surface work, you need probably something that's going to hold things on the surface, you know, so a face vice is not going to do much for you. Um, you're going to need some sort of tail vice or in vice. So what he needs to really figure out is what kind of work holding am I looking to do? And in that case, you know, that, that entirely changes my answer depending on what he's going to do. Yeah. Yeah. That made sense. Well, and I'm thinking if he, you know, a decent strategy might be if you build a basic bench, a lot of times these things can be retrofitted regardless, as long as you build a good general. And these days we have never had as much information on making a decent workbench that can be adapted to any type of work style than we have right now. Absolutely. Um, So if you can build a basic bench and then think about what you're going to build, maybe put one vice on it and then see how the work goes and then let the work kind of dictate what the next thing is going to be. Don't just uh, pick randomly and hope you get it right. So you may wind up with a vice you're never going to use and you pay a lot of money for So, right. I guess, I guess if I were really going to say, you know, pick one, a twin screw vice is a nice thing to have just because it holds so much because mm-hmm. of the wider chop. You can hold thing longer boards on edge. You can put more stuff in it vertically. Uh, you could use it in conjunction with dogs to kind of clamp something on the surface, I suppose. I used to um, do that all the time. I mean, if you put yeah, it, if you it put seems it like in, that probably would be the most versatile. Yeah, if you put if it I in had. the uh, end position and put some dogs down the line, you can actually, that could be theoretically your only vice depending on what right. type of work yeah. you're doing. Yeah. Cool. Absolutely. All right. Well, thanks for the voicemail. And let's move on to uh, the emails here, Matt. You want to take that first one? Sure. Uh, this first one comes from Aaron. And Aaron is asking, I recently acquired a couple of Stanley number 80 scraper planes. And I was wondering what suggestions you guys could give me regarding use and setup. I did not. I, I did not know when sharp. I did not know when sharpening if I need to have a secondary bevel angle on it or if I only need the primary angle. Also, any tips and tricks you may have regarding its use and what tasks you like to use it for specifically. Uh, Aaron, the one thing I... It's kind of funny. You know how like sometimes... It seems like woodworkers are all on like the, the same brain waves at the, at the moment, and everybody's like kind of doing the same thing, but you don't realize it, or we're you go to the magazine uh, rack, and it's like, uh, that's exactly what I was up. looking for. Yeah, yeah. well, uh, the other day I was breaking out... Uh, I have the, the Veritas version of the uh, Stanley Number no. 80 scraper plane, and, um, and I was using it for actually flattening out some panels. So for anybody that's not familiar with this particular type of tool, basically it's nothing more than a card scraper and a holder. It's a, the, the card is a little bit thicker than you would think of a regular card scraper, but essentially that's exactly the same exact thing that it does. It, it's more or less an easier way to hold on to it. Your, your thumb shirt don't get burnt with this, <laughs> yeah. and you can probably even set it for a more aggressive cut than you would a regular card scraper. But really, when it comes down to it, whatever you would typically do with your card scraper, you can do with this. Um, it just you won't get quite as exhausted. At least that's the way it's always been presented to me to use. I remember we, we, when we were at uh, uh, Woodworking in America 2000. See, which one was it there, Mark? You were 2010, I think it was. Something like that. that. Yeah. Uh, Chris uh, Schwartz gave a lesson on, uh, on card scrapers or on, on scraper planes, and that's also when suddenly you could no longer buy them on eBay for $10. Hmm. Uh, the Schwartz effect kicked them to like $1,000. <laughs> yeah, those those things are – I actually – before the Schwartz effect, I picked up two of them uh, just because I actually – they were cheap. I would think I paid like 20 or 30 bucks for them. 
Yeah. And they're, you know, just tune them up and they're always there on the wall, nice and sharp. The thing I like about them, though, when you compare them to a card scraper, you've got that the body, the actual metal body that's acting somewhat like a plane. So you yeah. could sort of, uh, you know, it's great for flattening panels because it doesn't follow quite as many of the small dips and valleys. So you can really level the surface, too, and get pretty darn aggressive with it. Yeah, yeah. you won't get it. You won't get chatter really at all with a number 80, whereas you can get chatter with a card scraper. Mm-hmm. Yes. It kind of shakes and makes that little squeaky noise as it runs across the surface. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, regarding the secondary bevel, I've never used it. I mean, technically the reason, the reasonings behind secondary bevel, A, is to speed up your sharpening so that you only have to sharpen or hone that little tiny micro bevel. Second reason being it can add durability to an edge. It steepens the angle and adds a little bit more meat at the tip. As far as the second Hey-o! reason, you really don't need Sorry. it for the scraper. <laughs> Matt's, you know? Matt knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, five minutes, 41 seconds. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know, well, really, since, since it is a, a scraper at, at the heart of it, you, you, you burnish it very much like you would a regular card scraper, wouldn't you? I mean, that's, right. that's my understanding of how to do it's, it. So It's actually easier than a regular card scraper because you know how after you sort of sharpen it to a nice 90-degree corner on a standard square card scraper you kind of have to lay it flat and then work the material out and yeah, just sort of have, out a little. yeah and you have to kind of do like a three-step burnishing process to 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 create the burr well you've got that 45 degree angle there so usually with like one or two strokes just uh, a little bit sort of more than the 45 degree angle you can kind of roll that edge right over and and the 45 degree angle actually i find just makes it almost foolproof in, in yeah. creating the uh, the little cutting hook Nice. In that case, I am definitely going to start using mine way more than I have been because I need everything to be foolproof. (laughs) I find that it's a little bit more versatile than a card scraper. And Matt, you said this earlier. You can do it to take, you know, thin little wispy finish ready shavings or you can crank it down and like level a glue line, you know, pull all the glue off and, and really get aggressive with it. And I think that's what's cool about it is in setting it up, I basically just slip the blade in. You know, I put the the plane body, the scraper body on a flat surface, and I push the blade in until it basically grounds out. It's flush with the surface, and it's ready to go. Um, all you do is adjust the thumb screw to kind of add the camber to it, and the more you adjust it, the more camber is exposed and the more aggressive the cut. So it's really kind of a kind of idiot-proof thing to set up, <laughs> really easy to set up, and it doesn't take much at all to adjust that setting. Well, now I actually, I use it a little bit more aggressively, which goes in perfect with what you're saying here, because I actually take a piece of paper and then I put that, after I Mm. lay it flat, I put that on the front end in front of the blade and then I bottom out my blade. Yeah, so that that'll my do it. Actually, that'll set it aggressive. Already. Yeah, so it's it's protruding just a little bit more, and it's just a standard piece of paper, so it's not that much. And then I do the fine tuning of the the little thumb screw to kind of give the camber. Um, but yeah, it's it's super easy to set up. It's one of the best tools out there for woodworkers, regardless of whether you're like primary power tools or hand tools. It's just a super handy tool. Yes, it do, is. Do you clip the edges of the blade, Mark? I do. Well, okay. yeah, I, right. I just file them. I was going to say, because you, you be careful if you advance it too far, you're going to get tear out on the edges as the corners dig in. I don't get no tear out. Yes. No tear out. Mark's out just plowing fields with that thing, basically. <laughs> I do. I shave in the morning with it, too, which is great. Uh, all right. Our next email is from Tom Collins, who makes a, a darn good drink. Uh, he says, hi, guys. Thanks for the show. My question is about wood for an entry door. I'm thinking about using kiln-dried Douglas fir 
The door will be painted. What are your thoughts about using solid stock versus laminating two pieces together to get the required thickness for the styles and rails? Advocates of the lamination technique say that it makes the door more stable by allowing the grain to be aligned to counter movement. Some even say to rip one full thickness piece of wood in half, flip it, and then glue it to enhance the stabilizing effect. Do you have any other suggestions for an economical but appropriate wood choice for someone living in Southern California? Thanks. Uh, I'm going to just answer that last question first. Alder might be a good one, especially uh, down here. Uh, I know alder is plentiful. You can buy very thick stock, and it's incredibly inexpensive. And in fact, most solid wood doors that I see, in Arizona at least, are made of solid alder. So it's a very, you can get it sort of in a, almost like a knotty pine look. It's knotty alder, but it's very, very rustic. And then you can get clean alder uh, that just has, I don't know, it's kind of like a muted cherry look to it, uh, but can be stained to whatever the heck you want it. It's a very versatile wood. Uh, to, to address this question about lamination, uh, here are my thoughts on it. Typically, when people talk about things like a tabletop and alternating boards or going through this type of uh, thing for a standard piece of furniture, I usually say, don't worry about it. In most cases, if the wood is stable, especially if it's a kiln dry that's behaving in a stable way, it's probably going to stay fairly stable. You don't have to worry about that stuff very much. But the one place I might start thinking that there could be some benefit is in a situation where you have extreme changes in temperature Uh, and humidity and direct sun interaction. So in this case, I do think there might be some value to doing some sort of a a laminated structure for a door. Um, I don't know. I mean, again, I don't know how much of an impact that's going to have. I don't have enough experience to to say from personal experience, but my guess would be if that it wouldn't be worth uh, the extra effort in that case. What what do you guys think on that? (laughs) Okay. Well, Shannon's um, over there. What are you doing? When, to, to me, I, I, I've always kind of been of the mindset that, you know, I, I like the idea of, of laminated pieces first. Anything where I think there needs to be extra structural support. But I know um, lately I've been kind of changing my mind to if I can get a solid piece, um, the chances are if, if I've done everything I'm supposed to, uh, it, it's going to work out perfectly fine. So, yeah, I mean, I know. hate to tell them to do it because, in, you know, it is a lot of extra work. I was going to say that's a ton of extra work if you really right. think about it. But at the same Especially time, if you're only going to get minor benefits out of it. Well, and here's the thing. At the same time, if you don't do it and then you go through all this trouble and then you put the door up on the house and then the thing warps on you, you're going to be pretty upset about it. So. Um, and, and what if you, the, the the actual gluing the the lamination process itself? Some you know you've you've missed something in there somehow. You know you, you didn't spread the glue the right way. Or you spread it too thick or too thin, yeah. and then suddenly you've got this whole lamination coming apart. That's another one that just I, I just had a nightmare about that. Thinking about it, mm, good point. Well, I'll, I'll put it this way: um, I deal and supply lumber to some of the largest window and door manufacturers in the country mm-hmm. on the order of several truckloads. Um, you know, every couple of months, we're sending okay. them a truckload of material. Um, they use solid stock and they use quarter sawn stock. Okay. So that's what it comes down to. Use as stable a material as you can. Um, and I mean, these are these are high end companies because they're they're using you know Sapili and Utili and um, African higher dollar. I don't want to say necessarily higher dollar, but more expensive woods. Um, although Doug fir quarter sawn vertical grain Doug fir is used. A fair amount too, mostly for weight less than than cost because good quality clear vertical grain dug fur is not exactly cheap either, mm-hmm. um, especially in the eight quarter ten quarter thicknesses that you need. But they don't laminate, 
and and these are really really good quality doors. The only thing they're worried about is the panels, and in many of those instances, it's a plywood panel that has a veneer skin mm. on it, okay. um, or it's a raised panel that's still skinned with veneer. So um, the way I put it is, if you know somebody like Geldwin doesn't bother to laminate, then <laughs> and they make a lot of doors. But the other thing um, too is he is painting the door and there really is no better yeah. finish for a piece of wood outside than paint. It's really going to do a, a good job of protecting the wood from oh gosh, uh, the yeah. elements. So, so yeah, I mean, I, I don't think we're really even prepared to give him a full definitive answer, but he, I, I think with the paint and based on, you know, what you're saying, Shannon, probably not necessary, but then again, as woodworkers, when do we ever stop at at the point of things being necessary? <laughs> you know? That's very point. true. Well, you know, one one thing that you mentioned that really made me think about this. This is this is one of those projects where really taking your time and paying close attention to something like uh, the cut of the wood, like you mentioned, you know, going with like more like a quarter sawn, or in this case, like maybe a, a riff sawn might be a, a better one for for that kind of project. Anything that's gonna obviously wood's going to move so it's not going to minimize it but really paying close attention to maybe the the grain direction the cut of the wood and if if you're ever in your lifetime going to pick out the best you know pieces for a project this might be one of those sure yeah doors are pretty exact you kind of don't want to mess around with that because then you're stuck in your house yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want or you don't stuck want the, out of your house. You don't want the grain of the wood being the one like that is so pretty. But as you're saying something, it's like it's warped all over the place, and you're kicking out a window trying to get out. Yeah, <laughs> not not the place to compromise. That's for sure. Yeah. All right, Shannon, want to hit the next one? Certainly. Certainly. Yeah. I love I love that you guys have me reading this question. That's a very intentional. <laughs> <laughs> I am starting. Let's see. This is from Keith. He says I am starting to see the limitations under my little saw. I would like to move up to something. I think he's referring to a table saw here. My little Little table saw. saw. Yeah. I would like to move up to something to do better weekend work with. Uh, Ending with a preposition. I don't know about that. Should I go with a more powerful fixed stand contractor saw and build it up slash modify it for more dust collection and such? Should I go with a hybrid saw or is there an entry level cabinet saw that won't break that won't break the bank? I was considering the Grizzly Hybrid saw until I found out that the insert plate was with an eighth of an inch stamped steel like my craftsman. Boo! (laughs) Negating the ability to make zero clearance (laughs) inserts. I have also been scanning Craigslist for used saws. Any ideas? I was willing to plunk down the $725 on sale plus $100 for shipping for Grizzly, so I'm about a $1,000 budget on the high end. Hmm. Hmm. Hugs and kisses, Keith. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, this is this is really going to start a conversation for us that we wanted to to touch on, and it's and it's one that we have to be a little bit careful about how we discuss this kind of thing because we don't want to discourage people from emailing us questions. Right. Um, but this this really gets at the heart of anyone who puts a website out there, starts talking about woodworking, and starts soliciting and requesting contact. You will eventually start to get questions about what tool should I buy. And that is not the easiest question to answer for people because it's such a personal decision on budget and future use and personal preference. So so this is something that uh, Shannon in particular initially brought up in our pre-show conversation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just blame it on me, so, Mark. That's fine. This is where yeah, I throw Shannon Mark under the bus. Like, we don't really, you know, we want to be nice about this. No. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if I want to do this. He's like, you will do it, Mark. You will do it. <laughs> We're getting this out of the way. Uh, but, I, you know, we'll all, we'll all pitch in on this one. But Shannon, if you want to get started, 
um, on your little, I won't call it a rant, but let, 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 <laughs> let's discuss. If you want to know what it, grinds my gears? <laughs> an open discussion love letter to our listeners. Yeah, yeah. And just uh, give us your feelings on this, my friend. Well, from my perspective, I think that, uh, speaking for myself, take anything I say with a grain of salt because I don't, you know, I've only tried what I've had. You know, mm-hmm. I've only owned two table saws in my entire life. Both of them are contractor saws. Um, I've never owned a cabinet saw. So um, I can't I can't tell you what's going to necessarily be the best brand or the other, or I'm not, you know, shopping for a table saw in this particular instance. But, you know, I'm getting specific here, but I think what it comes down to is what are you going to build next? What are your problems? You know, he talks about, I'm seeing the limitations on my little saw. Well, what are those limitations? What do you wish you could do more with your saw? Um, but when it comes to especially making recommendations on specific brands, um, I just can't do it. I'm, I'm not qualified to do that. You know, unlike popular woodworking or fine woodworking where they do a shootout, you know, when they yeah. try 20 different brands and they stack them side by side by side. Um, I have never done that. We'll never do that. We'll never even have the opportunity to do that. So it makes it really, really hard. So I think on the whole, you know, I think the three of us can agree that we're constantly trying to, you don't want to like say, nope, can't help you. So you, you, you turn around and before you know it, you've written 500 words on the subject, trying to make sure they consider all these options. And I think you end up making it worse yeah, for the person yeah. asking the question in the long run, because you're making a lot of assumptions about what they want to do and what they want to 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 do with it. And I brought this up before we started the show. I can really relate. As I said on the last show, I need a new camera and I'm still looking for a camera. And, you know, I'm in that situation where I don't know much about the subject. So I'm, I'm, I'm searching through the, you know, endless amounts of advice and everybody has a different piece of advice and it's really, really frustrating. But at the same time, I'm not expecting anybody to be able to recommend something for me because they don't know what I want to do. And eventually, I, I've got to make the decision for myself based upon what my actual personal needs are. Right. Yeah. Well, and interestingly enough, too, after you're done researching these cameras, if someone were to ask you, I'm looking for, you know, a prosumer level camera and I want to make some podcasts, you actually might have an answer for them at that point because you just did all of that research. Right. So, but three months from now? No. Exactly. Because yeah. they'll all be obsolete. <laughs> and that's what most of these questions wind up doing. They say something like, can you recommend a really good, in fact, I just got a couple questions like this recently. Can you recommend a good uh, random orbit sander? Well, I don't know when the last time was that I even thought about buying a, a new random orbit sander. So I don't know what the latest models are offering. I don't know if there's any upgrades or anything's changed. What was good five years ago? I don't know if that's still good today. So, so it really makes it difficult. And the best I can do is tell them what I currently use and why, and then also quickly go to some of the magazine's websites and see if they've done a shootout uh, that they can reference at some point and, and make a decision for themselves. But one thing that's really tricky with something like Keith's question is when you're buying a table saw, uh, like if I could tell you which saw to get, it was going to cost more than a thousand dollars. Like you can see the thing is it's, we're talking about hobbyists here and any kind of hobby. It's almost never about getting exactly what you need. It's usually about getting what you can afford and what you really want. You know, so if, if he can get that better saw, it, it could very well be overkill for what he wants to build. But as a hobbyist, will he be happier with that saw? He might be. It just depends on what he's in it for. 
Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, the table saw is a tough one too, because, you know, it's one of those tools that's meant to do so much Yeah. and, and you really can't skimp on it. You know, it, it, most people will say it's the workhorse of your shop. So do you get by or do you kind of figure out where to come up with another $200? Yeah. And, and this is where that, you know, that whole tired last tool first advice. Yeah. I think oh, that when it comes to a table saw, that advice really applies. If you were talking about a scroll saw, I'd say, you know what? Don't worry about it. <laughs> you know, you're only going to end up dropping 300 bucks or so on it anyway. So, I mean, that's for a really good one. But table saw is such a, a workhorse. Yeah. It's really, I don't know. Well, I mean, it, well, yeah. I would be really hesitant to look for a budget model in well, that particular instance. After you use a cabinet saw, going back to a contractor saw, the contractor saw feels flimsy. But if you are currently using one of those benchtop saws and then you bump up to a contractor saw, you might think that the contractor saw is really nice and really sturdy. But eventually you may get, or I should say like most of us, you will get to a point where you think that that now is a flimsy sort of inadequate saw and you'll want to jump up to that cabinet saw. But it's hard for it's hard for us to say, you know what, just go to that cabinet saw, max out your budget, buy this saw, you're going to love it. It, yep, it, yeah. It's such a difficult thing for us to to recommend us in a solid way that I don't know. It's and, there, and there's yeah. there's such little like kind of stupid bells and whistles that can be really important to one person but not to another. Yeah, totally. yeah. And when that, I'm looking a, for, sorry, Matt, what's that? No, I was just gonna say that that's that's a really great point. Cause like I know we had talked about this, and a common thing that I, I do, and I think you guys said that you do it too, is you know I I won't recommend a specific thing, but I'll recommend favorite features that I have on it. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny because like looking through any of the, the new catalogs or any of the new stuff, because every time one of these questions comes up, I'm like, wow, am I completely missing something? Have, have they gone to full on lasers now? Is it even a blade that spins? And, <laughs> you know, so I'll, I'll try to recommend features, but some of the features I've noticed that I've recommended are like, well, yeah, we can get that for you, but I think we'll have to special order it because I don't even know if they use that anymore, right. you know, and, and going from there. So it, it's so hard to stay current with a lot of these things that are, you know, that are coming out. And I have tried to have manufacturers send me tools, like large tools, to to try out in the shop. Uh, but then the way they find out I don't actually have a loading dock and that it's a residential uh, <laughs> back address. Up to your driveway. For some reason, they just don't want to follow through. That's crazy. <laughs> but like, it, it, and again, speaking in the table saw market, this is here's a question that's usually probably one of the most difficult ones to answer. Is I want to get either a uh, PM two thousand a Delta Unisaw or a saw stop or maybe a a comparable Grizzly or something like that. And it's like, well, here's the problem. Every one of those saws is going to be good. Like if you, if you painted it some generic color and I couldn't tell what brand it was and I used it for a week, I probably could not tell you the difference between those saws. Like once you get to that level and it does totally come down to those, those bells and whistles well, and the one thing with the saw stop is if you like the saw stop feature, game over. That's the saw you need to buy. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. the only one out there. Yeah, that's that's the easy question to answer. But, you know, here's the positive spin on that. That's awesome. You know, I mean, you really can't go wrong. And there is something to be said about you get what you pay for. Yeah. yeah. So if budget is your most important thing, then establish what that budget is and feel pretty confident that if you're going to spend, in this case, $725 or or what he said, Mm $1,000, you're going to get a good saw. And I mean, I run into this daily with hand tools. You know, should I go with Wood River or Lee Nielsen? Honestly, they're both really good planes. I've had yep. great experience with both of them. Lee Nielsen's a heck of a lot more expensive. There are reasons for that. 
Um, and there's a lot of, and that comes down to kind of the bells and whistles and do you support a North American company and all that? But, um, they're both awesome. <laughs> For that matter, going out and buying a vintage Stanley and restoring it, it's an awesome plane. It's going to require more work. It, it you're kind of getting what you pay for. And that's, that's great that we have so many options that are of a high level. Yep. Yeah, definitely. One thing I can recommend to people is uh, if you go to a forum, a website like uh, toolselect.com. Now, just as a quick disclaimer, I, I have done plenty of reviews for them on their website and everything. But their community that they have, they really are trying to get as many people to say, OK, I have this tool. And if I remember right, uh, they actually have a list in there. So if you are looking for a specific model, a specific tool, chances are somebody within that community has it and has at least gone so far as to make a recommendation about what they like about it, uh, features that they don't like about it, all that good stuff. So maybe that might be a resource that people want to turn to because, again, you've got people who are probably in a very similar situation to yourself, and then that way they can really give you the dirty where, for me, it's just like one of those, well, I don't know, that sounds good. I, I Sure, <laughs> if, I, if you can get the manufacturer to send it to me, I'll let you know what I think about it. <laughs> yeah. All right, so that's a little bit of a long-winded answer to Keith's question, but it was meant to be more of a talking point for us to kind of discuss. Uh, for anyone who sends a question in in the future, it really does help if you give us that bit of background. Um, and Keith did a good job of that in telling us what what he plans to do. And he did mention you know weekend DIY type things. Um, but but still, just understand that even with with knowing what you want to do, knowing your budget. That doesn't necessarily give us because uh, we're not you is really what it comes down to. <laughs> yeah. um, in fact, you know, the last consolation I'll add to that yeah. is every single kind of really good woodworker I've met. You know, we're talking master level woodworker without exception. Every single one of them. When you ask them about it, the tool, they're like, I don't care. Whatever mm -hmm. works. Yeah, what gets the yeah. job done. You know, I it mean, obviously so the caliber of the tool is not what they're relying upon to produce incredible work. Yeah. So th there is something. Now, we all love tools and we want to buy cool tools. So, I mean, it, never mind. <laughs> hey, it's, it's, it's like I always say, Buddy Rich, you know, you know Buddy Rich, old drummer, but like classic yeah. old drummer. Okay. Put Buddy Rich on a set of pots and pans and the guy would sound amazing. Yep. You know what I mean? He doesn't need a drum set to, to sound. Uh, uh, let's go with a little more of a, a modern um, uh, <laughs> Neil, a Neil Peart uh, kind of guy. Uh, I, I always let uh, Daryl Peart's name mess me up for, for, for the drummer <laughs> of Rush. I don't know why. All right. Um, you know, the one thing I wanted to say, too, is I, I did write an article that's along, along these lines. I was kind of at a mode where I was a little frustrated with, with the questions that I was getting, and I wanted to have a, a place that I could refer people to to explain why it's difficult for me to answer that adequately. And it's an article called Common Questions Only You Can Answer, and that is on my website. <laughs> I'll put a link to that. <clears throat> but the three questions that I put in here, what finish should I use, what project should I make, and what tool should I buy? Uh, yeah. and, and I do actually give you a little bit of advice that's probably an overlap with what we've talked about here. Uh, but I'll put a link in the show notes for Let's anybody see, who wants to do more. What finish should I use? One that dries. <laughs> one uh, you what project should I build? One that you want. And what tool should I buy? Was that the last one? Yeah. Uh, one that works. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, you know, if anything, that was easy. Let, let, let's just follow this up with it. Again, this, this is just like one of those, we love to help everybody out. And this is by no means saying, don't send us these questions. Yeah, not at all. It's just, you know, yeah, just, just give us a little bit more information because we want to be able to be able to give you as specific an answer as possible. And remember, when it comes to tools, it's so hard, as we've said over and over during this little portion, it's so hard to stay current with things that we don't have in our own shop. <laughs> so. 
Yeah, that's yeah. that's that's really the thing. And even if I don't know, that's why I I really shy away from tool reviews on the website. I might give my impressions, but I don't have access to all the other tools, so I can't do a, a comparative analysis between this one and the others. I can tell you if this one works, but I can't <laughs> tell you if the other ones work better. Um, it's just a limitation, but you know, you can't, you certainly can't blame people for, for wanting to find out other people's opinions. And really, actually, that's something I wanted to touch on. Uh, I would say maybe 10 years ago, the best you might be able to do is go to a forum and maybe ask a question. Um, but today we have access to so many other woodworkers and woodworkers from all walks that it's like, I could totally see why someone in the market for a new tool would be overloaded with information yeah. and that sort of paralysis by analysis. Just go read some Amazon reviews and yep. you'll be more confused than <laughs> confused. when you got there. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm pausing here for a second because there's a really loud plane. Oh, really? I didn't Stupid notice. Plane. I thought that was my family running around upstairs. <laughs> it's the crowd cheering for you, Matt. Uh, all right, so let's move on to some iTunes reviews. We've got a couple good ones here. The first one is from our buddy Tom Buell. Mentioned him earlier. He's like, Yay, the, uh, he's like the VIP guy of the show today. Uh, he says, Wood Talk Online is a great way to spend an hour each week these days. The three amigos offer good uh, blend of experiences and personalities. Just listened to 111 and was very happy to get a push towards giving liquid hide glue a try. I was close a few months ago, ordered some Franklin, and then lost the urge slash reasoning. Now I'm ready to give it a go on a few small gift items. You never know what topics they'll hit, but they're an inspiration. They are inspirational. Great company and friends. Rock on, guys. Thanks, Tom. Sweet. Thanks, Tom. Wow, party I'm on, proud of myself. Party on, Tom. <laughs> party on, Tom. <laughs> Let's see. We have a review from DDDDTTTDSSS. Dits. Um, he says, I feel like I'm there. Word. I love wood talk. It gives me a chance to feel like I'm sitting down. What? Sitting down in the interwebs with the interwebs. Greatest woodworkers. Wow. There's no spell check in iTunes. Apparently. No, there isn't. Um, <laughs> Matt keeps us up to date with the latest polls. Sausage, anyone? Except for Shannon, Shannon did it today. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Shannon will show you how to make a bandsaw out of flint and a tree trunk. <laughs> Yes, I've seen, I've seen that episode. I, I really should have read this before. And be careful. You just might get some spit up on your workbench when Nicole gets home with Mark's baby. Mark with a K. So that's somebody else. Nicole has a baby that with is. some other Mark, apparently. She's just the baby mama. What are you going to do? Uh, truly a great resource for those of us who can never get enough woodworking information. Sweet. Oh, awesome. True that. All right. And the last one we have is from RDR underscore 82, who says, excellent show. That's my emphasis on it. Uh, I fell in <laughs> love with woodworking this year, and it was Mark's router-based inlay video that really kicked off my now deep passion for the craft. This show is my favorite thing to listen to on my commute to work. Thank you for the all that you do, and keep up the great work, guys. That's awesome. No, Sweet. thank you. Yeah, yes, thanks, really. Thank you. So anyone, if you, uh, if you know how to use iTunes, go look us up. We're under Wood Talk. Head down to the review section and leave us a nice little review there. We'll read it on the show. We always appreciate that. Thank you very Absolutely. much. Absolutely. Especially um, when they say stuff like, excellent show. Excellent show, mate. All right. Just to, I'm uh, going to go buy some flint in a tree trunk right now and see what I can make out of it. Can I use duct tape? <laughs> yeah, definitely film it because uh, I want to <laughs> see it. All right, just a uh, quick reminder, today's show is supported by Badaxe Toolworks. That's at badaxetoolworks.com and Benchcrafted at benchcrafted.com. Lots of good stuff at both sites. Go check them out. Matt? Oh, that's right. They're a sponsor this month. You should buy the Benchcraft advice, Stuart. Buy the Benchcraft advice. Yes. Right. <laughs> Benchcraft advice is, is pretty badaxe. 
Yes. Oh, oh. Time combining, combining our two uh, our two advertisers there. Pretty cool. All right, Matt, you're up. Okay, well, if you have any comments, questions, or topics, suggestions from something you've heard today or something you want to, don't forget you can get a hold of us in several different ways. You can leave us a voicemail on Skype. Our username is WoodTalkOnline. Call our voicemail line at 623-242-5180. Email us at WoodTalkOnline at gmail.com. Leave us a comment on our WoodTalk Facebook page. And if you're looking for the show notes or downloads from today's show or previous episodes, find them at woodtalkshow.com and of course all this information will be in the show notes at said page woodtalkshow.com where you can find it all sweet all right well thanks everybody for listening we appreciate it oh one thing i forgot i wanted to huh? mention before we go that we had to do some feed changes uh to the wood talk feed so a few people like when you change the underlying feed it sort of does something weird in itunes so if you're experiencing any weirdness, and unfortunately, you may not hear this because it might have stopped downloading. Uh, so maybe I'm just talking to myself. If your email is down, send us an email telling us it's down. <laughs> yeah. uh, but basically, if you hear this, if you uh, if you can hear my voice and you are having problems, just unsubscribe from the feed, go back into the iTunes store and resubscribe, and you'll be squared away. Uh, we, try, we try to limit the, the amount of times that things like that happen, but sometimes when things grow and change, we have to make modifications to the feeds, and unfortunately, it results in some issues for people. So, And, and truly, that applies to any problems you're having. If your dog won't you know, eat, just resubscribe to, to Wood Talk. Very You'll true. find that it'll solve all your problems. It will. Yep. Mar- marital problems? Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. You'll, exactly. It'll... It'll end that marriage right, right quick. <laughs> yeah, have, have trouble sleeping? Put it on. You'll be asleep like uh, about five minutes, like a baby. <laughs> that is, hey man, is that true, wood talk? The older ones. And let me tell you something: <laughs> sleep like a baby is the biggest BS I've ever heard. <laughs> because in my world, sleeping like a baby means you're crying all night and you're waking up at five thirty. I was going to say it's just a definition thing. They're using it completely <laughs> wrong. It's like how I use irregardless. Yeah, exactly. How about sleep? Sleep like Adobe. Sleep, yes, my Adobe. Like a Labrador. My Adobe can sleep. That girl. See, there you go. Her and Nicole, between the two of them. (laughs) Little koala bears. All right. So we will catch you next time. Next week, in fact. Wait, when's Christmas? Are we coming up? We still got a couple weeks. December 25th. Oh, yeah, it's only December 5th. Yeah, it's every every December 25th, every single year. I've checked it. Make (laughs) sure it's on the same date. Thanks. I better put that on the calendar. Awesome. So we have we have two more wood talks before Christmas. And then the the question is, will there be a wood talk the day after Christmas? Boxing Day episode of Wood Talk. Oh. Just for those Brits. That could be interesting. All right. Well, we'll catch you next time in about a week. Thanks for listening. See ya. This podcast is part of the Frog Pants Studios Network. For more information about this and other shows, visit frogpants.com. Audio program so good, it's like you're there. 
Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.